Welcome to Star Trek Stuff with Anne. She's horrible. And Adam. My father's dick isn't big enough. It's Satan's favorite episode. So Adam, I just sent you a picture of my bed. This is this, just a, a section of my bed. And it's there's like a long board on the side on the long side of the bed. And I know it's something gross, obviously, but I can't okay. figure out whether it's poop or puke. Oh fuck. But All it's right, defying gravity. So <laughs> I, defi- I I just Okay. Uh, uh I'm looking at this. Oh fuck. God. See? Um <laughs> God, that's gross. It's okay. totally gross, but like but at the same time, it's fascinating. Because <laughs> how is it just hanging there? Um, If this were a dog, if you had a dog, I would mm-hmm. definitely say that this is poop. Because right. my dog will sometimes do this thing um, where he will stick his butt up as high as possible <laughs> and poop uh-huh. like on a tree. And I don't know why. And it'll just be sort <laughs> of stuck there, but like not all of it. And it's super gross. And weird. But yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of like, how did they get the poop up there? <laughs> God. And if uh, it's puke, there's no other puke in the area. Yeah. So, now this, yeah. I don't think this is puke because like when my cat pukes. <laughs> yeah, it's he, disgusting. It like, he like lays it out in this, uh-huh. th- this, this line. It's like he put thought into the execution of it. I had one that would spin in a, a spiral backwards while she puked. Jesus. <laughs> um, I'm going to vote that this is poop. I think so, too. God, that's fucking I think gross. So too. It's just like I, this little I, nugget. like, <laughs> And it's like stuck there right in the middle, and there's nothing all around it. So it's not like, you know, there was an accident or something. It's not still there, is it, right? No, 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 no. I took okay. a picture of it and cleaned off. But okay. like, huh? God, that's fucking weird. <laughs> Just, whatever. Just a uh, turd vertically stuck yeah. on the side of this thing. Yeah. Fuck me. So weird. Okay. Oh <laughs> Speaking of turds that stick in the air. The episode that we skipped. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. I, okay. And, and you told me this, and I was going to ask you about this. Well, mm. You went ahead and watched it again anyway. Mm-hmm. Why'd you do that to yourself? Because I just, I wanted to, um, I don't know what the word is, uh, just validate, validate my feelings for it, I guess, you know. Okay. Make sure I was not, like, crazy. And was it as bad as you remember? Oh my god, it's so fucking bad. <laughs> but, um, it does make me feel a little better, because I read the, um, the Memory Alpha page, and evidently, both Berman and Braga hated it and Mm. this was what you saw on screen on tv was like 50 rewrites so that was the best it could do (laughs) you know oh Oh my god that's bad that's got me really curious like what what was the first draft what was the second draft (laughs) like (laughs) that i want to see more than uh watching that episode again oh yeah super curious as to where that started (laughs) to where they got to where it's just like okay let's just have him like bang a hot lady and then that's it like that's that's the show like Uh stuck on a desert island with a hot princess fantasy thing yep it, it, Jesus. Where did you start that you ended there? That's yeah, so yeah. fucking insane. Yeah. 
Anyway, but we didn't do that one. We're skipping nope. that one. We're gonna uh, s- skip it in the in the in the feed. It's gonna look like you missed an episode if you're just looking <laughs> at the names of the episode because we always name it uh, S two, you know, season two, E thirteen, whatever like mm. that. Um, so we're just gonna skip that one. It'll look weird in your feed. It'll look like you're missing an episode. You're not. But you're not. <laughs> you're not. You're fine. We're, so we're gonna go ahead with the catwalk, which is a mm-hmm. much much better episode it really is yeah it still has some things but yeah yeah. oh definitely otherwise we'd be you know done with this episode of Mm -hmm. our show already but yeah a lot of our show i think a lot of our listenership Mm -hmm. is listening to our show instead of re-watching enterprise because people don't want to rewatch enterprise but it's been a really long time since we've all seen it Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, I mean, am I going to rewatch TNG again? Because mm-hmm. like, I've done that already this year, that kind of thing. Yeah. And so we've been sort of watching so other people don't have to. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one, I think, is one of the first ones. Um, I, mean, I really think there's only been a handful mm-hmm. where I feel like I can recommend this episode. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is exactly what I was hoping to see from the initial description of Enterprise as mm-hmm. a concept. Right, right. This this one nails it. Mm-hmm. There's still dumb shit. <laughs> but the idea is there. The execution yeah. is there. Sure. The vibe is right. It's, mm-hmm. it's really good. No way. That's great. So speaking of which, it, we open on a very cool image of the ship orbiting a planet that has double suns, which is pretty cool. It's uninhabited. And uh, the next shot we see is everybody in the shuttle bay, which is very strangely set up. But everybody's in the shuttle bay and every, the crew is bustling around and, you know, they're going to go down to this, this planet. And Trip and Ahab come into the shuttle bay and... They're talking about this planet, and he says there's a crevasse um, four times deeper than the Grand Canyon, and this planet only gets dark four days a month because of the double suns. And he's like, I want to go river rafting. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you, dude? You're in space. This isn't dangerous enough for you? <laughs> I love it. God. Very Florida man. I do expect him any minute to, you know, pull out a bottle of Mountain Dew and chug it, you know. <laughs> Come on, man, let's do the do. Extreme. <laughs> yeah. We're going to Baja Blast this one here. Yeah. It's a little brotastic, you know. If I'm facing mortal danger... Day after day. Daily, yeah. Or week after week, or however often we're supposed to be seeing these people. Uh The last thing I want to do is just go find a new way to almost die. Yeah. I mean, drowning on an alien planet is a pretty cool way to die, but... Sure. Then your your crew doesn't have a chief engineer. It seems like unnecessary risk. If you find a canyon four times the size of the Grand Canyon... 
Mm-hmm. Fuck that, man. I ain't climbing down that. Mm-hmm. Nah, I'm going to risk the whole transporter go crazy for the last three seconds in it thing. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I'm lazy. That's why I couldn't be in Starfleet. I'd just be like, yeah, no, that's that's very far. Yeah. Yeah. When everybody's, when, it, when people ask you, like, if you could be in a fi- fictional universe, you know, which one would it be? And I'm like, my first start, it, thought is Star Trek. But then I'm like, no, <laughs> no, no. Oh, I absolutely want to live in Star Trek uh, fictional universe. I just don't mm-hmm. want to be in Starfleet. Exactly. The odds are good you end up in a red shirt. Mm-hmm. At any time, you could be sucked into space. You could get mm-hmm. like whatever weird space virus thing. Mm-hmm. You could get, nah, man. I want to live on Turn Earth. Turn into a spider? Yeah, you could. Oh That's my God. happened. You could devolve. <laughs> nah. Life on a starship, like life in Starfleet, is would be the most confusing and terrifying thing unless you're Absolutely. on the bridge. You have no fucking yeah. clue what's going on. Uh huh. You're just sweeping yeah. the whatever the deck on the engineer something like that, <laughs> and then all of a sudden all the alarms are going off and the ship is shaking. Yeah, you know? yeah. You're getting yeah, tossed no, around. Yes. You're falling off the thing. You're like. Ah. <laughs> Panels full of sparks are exploding. Just uh-huh. no, no. This is this is it. exactly why lower decks was created. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. it's directly. <laughs> you know, definitely. I mean, Star Trek future. Live on Earth, doing uh, exactly what I do now, except for yeah. my job. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, then uh, go to Riza for vacation once in a while. Uh-huh. What's? I mean, this sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah, give me the Star Trek future. I'm just not going to be uh, one of the people explore. I'm not going to boldly go. I'm going to comfortably stay. <laughs> and, yeah. To comfortably stay where all my <laughs> friends and family are at. Exactly. <laughs> and all my favorite things. Uh, Honest yeah. to God, I would I would still live here. I'd live in Athens, Georgia. And, and I would just, uh, I don't know, teleport to other cool cities sometimes Mm -hmm. and i would largely do the same thing that i like do now like go out Mm -hmm. to eat drink a lot with my friends it it sounds amazing i could be an artist full time yeah nobody would care definitely yeah so we're in the shuttle Ahab, Trip, somebody else in the background that we can't see is are in the shuttle. They're preparing to take off, and T'Pol rings up on the communicator and um, says that there's a call from an alien ship that's heading their way. And so Ahab's like, route the call down here, you know, and she hits the transfer button. And three alien dudes come up on the little screen, and they are super freaked out. And we're all freaked out by their cheeks. They yes. have very <laughs> weird cheeks. Which is a nice change, because usually it's the forehead. Usually it's a bridge to the mm-hmm. nose, and the forehead, and there's a blah, blah, blah thing. Yeah. They left that alone, and they mm-hmm. did these weird shapes, like like the thingies. They're not they're not like gross and flappy or anything. Yeah, yeah. But they're like skin-covered protrusion thingies, uh-huh. just sort of like, like on they the have... tops of their cheekbones. Yeah, bigger cheekbones or something. Yeah, it's really yeah. weird. Yeah, it's kind weird, and they're all gross. slightly different. And so, mm. I mean, I appreciate this because they're trying something different. It's not the forehead yes. thing. It's not, I don't know, put some dots on their <laughs> temples. Who gives a shit? Yeah, just, yeah. Just go. One of them has a full-blown skullet, which is awesome. No, mm-hmm. sorry. One of them has a full-blown skullet ponytail. Skull, yes. Skullet, yes. Skulletail? What do we skull-a-tail. call this? Skulletail. Skulletail. Yeah. yeah. It's a skullet 
pulled into a ponytail. Absolutely awesome. So that is why I am better than everyone in the world. They're freaked out because there is a neutronic storm on the way. And they describe it as a plasma energy storm that moves at high warp speeds. And I'm just just going to suspend disbelief right there. I think this happened before, though. I think uh, some kind of neutronic storm was in Voyager. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right? Is that yeah. right? Mm-hmm. There's, it, it's been, there's been a couple times, but I can't remember the one any of them other than Voyager off the top of my head. On the rewatch that I'm doing right now of Voyager, I'm finding more just fuck it techno babble. Yes. <laughs> like, it's slightly lazier about that. They're uh-huh. just like, yeah, we can't because of the blubber floor f- uh, I- interference. I don't know. Like, <laughs> in the writing. Yeah. They sh- it's yeah. like they just put a blank and said, make up a, put, just put a science word. Just put a science word. Who cares? You can't just add a, a sci-fi word to a car word and hope it means something. Huh. Looks like something's wrong with the microverse battery. I think that's exactly what they did. Oh, God. You know? I mean, re- where do you think reverse the polarity became a trope, you know? I, mean, <laughs> uh, I do appreciate that for this one, they were like, well, you know, Voyager did neutronic storms. Fine. Let's just use that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not as lazy mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a lot of these, as a lot of the stuff in Voyager or... Um, and, and plasma storm sounds a little bit better than... Um, Oh, what was it? photonic storm, you know, or something like that? Because like a plasma, you know what plasma is, but photonic, eh, you know, it's a little hazier. I heard on a podcast, uh, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is a wonderful long running podcast. I totally recommend mm-hmm. it. Um, one of, one of the, they're one of the first things I ever subscribed to and have still been subscribed. I think like 14 years or something of listening to this show. Oh, wow. They said that plasma is the most common type of matter in the universe. Neat. And when you think about it, you're like, oh, yeah, because most of space, mm-hmm. there's literally nothing. And then you get stars. Right, right. And stars are usually many, many, many times the size of the planets that mm-hmm. go mm-hmm. around them and everything. So the amount of plasma dwarfs any rock, any, rock any and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, other ga- like gas sense. and whatever. So yeah, so the most common type of matter that exists in our universe that as far as we know is plasma. And that's so bizarre cuz it's not something that we have like laying around on earth. And we shouldn't. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works for me. That's fine. I'm fine with this state of affairs. It's just a it's really just odd. interesting yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah. The Ted Bundy case remains one of the most fascinating true crime stories ever told. Now the Encyclopedia of the Ted Bundy Murders is on Audible, and downloading it supports this show. The Encyclopedia of the Ted Bundy Murders by Kevin Sullivan. Available now on Audible. Lead guy amongst the three uh, aliens says, we need to come aboard your ship and you need to jump to warp seven right the hell now. And Ahab's like, ugh. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> we can't do that. It's uh, we only have warp five, and it, and he's visibly shaken. He's so crestfallen. He's just—it's like he just found out that his dad had a small dong. <laughs> 
Well, <laughs> it's like my father's dick isn't big enough. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that that comes along with the daddy issues. It really does. <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he's plunged into daddy issues again. Uh-huh. Yep. A lot so, of yeah. there's going to be a lot of like him laying on his bed and just like tossing <laughs> the water polo ball uh-huh. up towards the ceiling and catching it and just sort of contemplating thinking. Father! The greatest song ever. Uh-huh. Forever and all time is what we go to next. Yeah. Which is Faith of the Heart. Talking, laughing, loving, breathing, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, riding, winning, losing, cheating, kissing, thinking, dreaming. Skip, intro, skip, intro. When we're back from the break, we're in the situation nook, or is it the danger nook? Danger, danger nook is really catchy, like it's yes. catchier, but situation nook is sort of funny I, don't, I can't tell which I one's funny yeah. i'm completely uh fine with either they're totally either interchangeable one. and i mm-hmm. love them both and this particular one is a nice shot because to paul is talking and she's reflected in the glass of the computer screen you know of the of the situation coffee table and it, it's a good shot i bet there's a term for that in mm-hmm. filmmaking i don't know mirror oh, shot sure. yeah. or reflection yeah. shot or something like that but yeah it's a thing yeah. that you see sometimes so yeah it looks cool yeah. And she describes how a Vulcan ship was hit by one of these, uh, actually a smaller one. Um, she says like the class six, where this one's a class eight or something like that. I can't remember the specifics, but um, and then she says it was nearly destroyed, which is a lie. It's obviously a lie, like mm-hmm. which is really weird. I, I don't know why this happens. It comes up again. It's, yeah, it's she's very weird. Bullshitting and not for any real particular reason. It's one mm-hmm. of the only things in this episode that I'm like, Ed, what? What are you? What are you doing? I feel. I feel like maybe something was left out. Yeah, I feel like right. That's, that's kind of one of those situations where they they cut something and and then later it seemed like a good idea at the time, which is like the story of my life. Um, <laughs> Starting this podcast, for instance. <laughs> we're going to watch episodes of Enterprise. <laughs> Shit, we're going to watch episodes of Enterprise. Enterprise. Oh, fuck oh, me. God. Oh, no, no. This is a really great ensemble scene um, because everybody kind of participates. Um, they have four hours to do something or else they're going to be destroyed. Uh, Reed says that if he if we batten down the hatches, everything will be okay. And then Flox speaks up, and he's been hanging his head down and kind of staying really quiet, which isn't really his norm. So it's kind of where he has a flair for drama. And he says the storm is saturated with radiolytic isotopes. And I looked this up. Radiolysis means breaking of chemical bonds and what's called knock-on damage which is direct displacement of atoms from the crystal lattice these are the principal forms of specimen damage by radiolysis in other words it breaks apart your atoms brutal yeah so i have to that's a good sci-fi term i completely love this Oh, yeah, me too. He says the crew would be dead in three minutes if exposed to the storm. And I'm like, good. Wouldn't want us to live too long with something like that going on. (laughs) Yeah. Probably the worst three minutes ever. 
Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. It makes me think of The Expanse, where they had a room full of people. They were in like a shipping container type thing. Yeah. On, uh, was it Tycho Station? I forgot. It was one of the yes, earlier Expanse so. episodes. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, all these people got ludicrously irradiated. <laughs> and everyone was just melting from the inside out. <laughs> and they were just like, all right, well, that sucks. So they just closed the door. <laughs> like, you're going to have a rough uh, next uh, hour or so. And, yeah. Well, it's, it's your last one. Good night. Um, <laughs> so the the group discusses what to do, and they talk about how there's heavy shielding in Phlox Bay, but there's 83, and, you know, they rarely give you this number, but um, there's 83 people on board, and Ahab won't draw lots. You hear him? And nobody's, <laughs> nobody cares, you know, but he's very adamant about it. No, oh, oh, okay. No, no, no one asked. <laughs> no one said that. No one thought of that idea. <laughs> Just you. <laughs> which makes me wonder about you yeah. um yeah <laughs> that wasn't even like a first draft idea man like no. d- don't worry about it we're gonna figure some other shit out i just gave him a better option than suicide well florida man figures it out hell yeah he does he suggests they take shelter in the catwalk which is a maintenance shaft along each warp nacelle so it's like along the the long parts of the engine and they discuss 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 flox approves and so but they have to shut down the warp reactor because if the you know the engine was still going it would be 300 degrees in the warp nacelle so they they can't do that i love this scene so much i do too everybody's in it we've got the the ensemble everyone talking from their area of expertise mm-hmm. it's like one of those conference room uh, scenes in TNG yeah where yeah. where they're all sitting there and they're all trying to figure out what to do about the thingy bob or whatever the situation is and then warp yeah. is like what about blow up and they go no <laughs> no you fucking Actually- idiot you know what? I was I was watching a couple of first season episodes the other day, and actually Tasha is is a little more quick on the draw than even Worf is. Well, I mean, I guess that makes sense because she's security. Yeah, because like Worf ends up taking over security, right? But the answer in TNG is usually not well, just violence, just, right? Right, just spring exactly. right to violence. You know, <laughs> well, that's one of the great things about that show is that they try and figure something out. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's great about this scene is that they're like, all yeah. right, we work yeah. together. There's a minimum of techno babble, like all the yes. all the techno babble stuff, the medical stuff. Mm-hmm. The medical stuff is all based on real things, like like you were mm-hmm. just explaining. Yeah, and uh, the the techno babbly parts of it are pretty in line. That nothing mm-hmm. sounds stupid. Right. You know? Right. Just, yeah. Yeah. There's no space magic. Uh, invoked here. Yeah, it actually, yeah, it all makes sense. It all sounds pretty grounded, and and they got it, and they're gonna go ahead and do this thing that's gonna suck, but they're gonna survive. And mm-hmm. all right, awesome. Born to adventure. The next scene is Trip and Milk Toast in the catwalk talking about how stuffy it is, and all I'm thinking about is the attic during summer of any kind of remotely older house oh, if fuck. you go up in the attic it's just oh, yeah. super heavy and where you grew up it must have been 10 times worse than where i grew up <laughs> i was about to say i've done this in louisiana let me tell mm-hmm. you Ooh, disgusting yeah, that <laughs> you just turn into a ball of sweat i love uh, this conversation between travis and florida man 
because Travis is, is like something similar happened when I was a kid and remember, you know, there's the whole thing where he's a space boomer, whatever. Yeah. Basically yeah. grew up Never in space. Never let you forget that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's the only thing about him. About literally. him. Yeah. They, they haven't really tried much <laughs> past that. Um, yeah. But anyway, those ships would only go what was like warp one, warp two, yeah, yeah, something like that. Like so, they they'd be out there for a really long time. And mm-hmm. he's talking about how they had to spend what was it like weeks, six weeks, six weeks in like one room kind of thing like yeah. this, like he's this sort of situation. And Oof. it just highlighted how badly they did this character. Yeah, I'm, I'm not blaming Anthony Montgomery. I think that it's no. uh, the way that they sort of set him up as this like. Mm-hmm young cutesy idealistic guy happy yeah yeah oh boy (laughs) yeah when based on his background he should be the grizzled eye patch wearing yeah (laughs) total badass space pirate where he's seen it all done it all been there Mm -hmm. seen worse done worse yeah every awful thing that could happen during space travel he's seen he's seen yeah and yeah he saw as a child you know right. what i mean right. he should be a very <laughs> different person than the way that uh-huh. the character was written for him yeah it was a terrible tragedy they realize they need a bathroom and florida's man comes up with they're going to use storage lockers <laughs> that sounds awful they're going to use um, the sides of beds and just poop <laughs> onto the side of the bed and have the yeah. poop just yeah. stick there. Yeah. Everybody pick a spot. That's your poop spot. You put your ass right there. <laughs> and it's based on rank. The higher rank right. you are, the higher up you can go on the poop wall. <laughs> Wait a minute. Oh, my God. I never thought about this. At the end of the episode, so... Oh, I guess I'm not really spoiling much. You know, they live. Um, but the end of the episode, so somebody has to dump out those storage lockers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Coming up on Dirty Jobs. Things they never put in the script. Maybe a phaser at low setting can just vaporize it. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, gross. Fuck, I didn't think about that. Here's a tiny thing to uh, be a shithead and nitpick over. Uh They call it a latrine, but in the Space Navy, they'd call it a head. Yeah. That's what you call a bathroom on a ship. On a ship. head. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I don't actually care. This is not something oh, that um, yeah, yeah. upsets me. <laughs> but, I, but I thought, eh, you know, we we go through we go through these episodes with a pretty fine tooth comb. Might as well yeah, bring yeah, it up. Yeah, might Man. as well bring it up. Yeah, who gives a shit? Whatever. <laughs> it's dull, plodding, pedantic. In one end of the the catwalk, they're they're gonna like put a very basic bridge set up. They'll route everything like um, steering and life support or onto that area so that they can. Um, do everything they need to do. So while they're talking about all this, Milktoast is also describing how obviously deeply traumatizing the storm that he was talking about was. And I'm just wondering why this is just coming up now. You know, again, like like you were saying, like he would be such a cool character if he was so much more grizzled and hardened and calloused. Do you remember the movie U571? Yes. For anybody that hadn't seen it, uh, it's a, a 90s movie that took place in, I, th- I think it was a World War II movie? Yeah. It was on a submarine, and Matthew McConaughey is the young captain, 
and he has a uh, what is I forget his his XO, so like his first mm-hmm, officer, mm-hmm. is played by Harvey Keitel. Mm-hmm. He's the older guy who has been through everything, mm-hmm. and is just that that sort of weathered, grizzled uh, character that other people Which, go to for yeah. advice and stuff because he's seen yeah. it all and done it all. Right, gives the captain advice privately and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, just just picture it in your mind. It's a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> the boss, the captain is Matthew McConaughey, and his right hand man is Harvey fucking Keitel. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So y- you get the idea. I kept thinking about <laughs> that. I was like, that's what they needed. Uh huh. For exactly. this character, agreed. Harvey Keitel. That that may be a bit much. You know, we don't need sure. the um, the guy from Jaws. You know, it's, it doesn't need to be that far. <laughs> you know, it's a little it's a little much. But uh, sure, I mean, he's direction. still a young man. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. But that that direction definitely. Yeah, he could yeah. still be like his young, good looking self. Just you know. Mm-hmm. Give him some edge. Why? Why yeah. is why is he written like he's twelve? Oh, so the alien dudes that they picked up have been sitting in the sexy blue room, and they are not as sexy as our heroes. So they get to keep all their clothes on. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> they are not taking anything off. They so, get in there, and then they're like, "Oh, um, should we undress or so the space rays can can de- disinfect?" And the box is like, "Nope, nope, you're good. No need to see that. Thank yep. you." <laughs> Ugh. Should I have my friend here oil my skullet <laughs> with blue rub down gel? Nope, definitely not. Definitely you're not. good. Stay put. Don't move around. Don't expend any unnecessary energy. So Ahab and they talk briefly about where they're from and so forth. And one of them says that they're stellar cartographers. And it's such an obvious lie. (laughs) What's so funny is they show Ahab and he's like, and he's got this smile on that he's like, it's so nice to meet new people, you know, and he just, it's like he totally buys it. And I'm like, how does that's terrible. They're even worse at lying than to Paul in the earlier scene. Oh yeah, they're just just like one of them's like we're we're stellar cartographers, <laughs> and the the other one of the other guys looks at him like huh? what? You know? Yeah. <laughs> so then we're treated to a montage. a good montage yeah it's a yeah. working montage it's an everybody exactly. pull it together montage lots of people walking around and carrying things when the montage ends uh we go to flox bay and flox has packed up all his animals and he's kind of standing in the middle of like all these packing cases with you know plants coming out of them and stuff and to paul comes in and he's like i do not have enough space for all of these animals and Flox is like, they can share cages. And he's like, they'll eat each other. <laughs> Lol. Like, see, what? <laughs> Why didn't she know that? To Paul revealing uh, once again that her background is not xenobiology. She was a space cop. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Before she got into being a science officer, where you think maybe she might not say something that stupid. Right. We're reminded, oh, that's right, she was a fucking space cop. She, yeah, all right. <laughs> it's, Shit, I the forgot. only reason she's she's a science officer is because these doofuses from Earth don't know shit. <laughs> they're that dumb. Yeah, they're they, that dumb. A Vulcan space cop would be a better scientist than an Earth scientist. Right. <laughs> that's how dumb this fucking crew is. It's awesome. Shit. <laughs> They had a xenobiologist. Oh man, I just remembered that was um, uh, Culver. Culver. Yeah. What was Culver. her name? That was her background. Oh, yeah. Oh man. Poor actress. That does that. that 
Every once sad. in a while, I'm reminded of that. It's very mm-hmm. sad. It is sad. It's awful. He appeals to her and, you know, says they're vital to his work and the health of the crew. And he actually, like, says, you know, I'm not accustomed to making emotional appeals. He says, don't make me choose between them. And it's like, oh, it's heartbreaking. So she gives him enough room to keep them all. His delivery on that's perfect. It is. It would be very easy to do that more emotionally than he does. Mm-hmm. These are two of the best actors on the show. I, I, oh, I, yeah. I, I'm pretty convinced. And mm-hmm. um, we need more scenes with the two of them. Yeah. yeah. That episode where they all got obsessive compulsive disorder yeah. or whatever. And <laughs> yeah. she figures out you can temporarily cure it with a shower. Because it was radiation. Yeah, it was radiation. It's radiation, and that and this kind of radiation only makes you act weird. It doesn't, you know, melt your skin or give you pancreatic cancer or anything. It doesn't cause yeah. what, what? What is it? Not knock on damage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Didn't cause yeah. any knock on damage. Just, just. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, it's not like Star Trek doesn't have weird. a long history of just like, yeah, it's floor floor radiation. Exactly. Radiation. Yeah. 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 In that episode. One of the best scenes is when T'Pol tries to get help from Phlox mm-hmm. and realizes, oh, he's affected. Yeah. And yeah. he has that scalpel and he like <sighs> tilts it towards her a little bit. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> They're so, so good. Creepy. These two need so way creepy. more scenes together. They do. I really do. Creating this show isn't easy or cheap, so please sign up at patreon.com slash Star Trek stuff. Then we see uh, a little bit more of a, you know, more montage kind of stuff, but it's basically the catwalk full of crew members getting anything, everything ready. The alien trio comes in and talks about how they're grateful, and one of them, then when they're, you know, semi-alone, he's like, I don't know anything about stellar cartography. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, the other guy's like, I know everything there is to know about stellar cartography. <laughs> I put a little bit on my pizza. How do you, I put a little bit in my hair. How do you think I got this glow? You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. So we switch over to the captain's office where he's packing. And I'm thinking, you know, why do you need? Well, I guess he needs books because boredom. But he looks out the window, his window at the storm which is this very pretty purple special effect. And this is the moment when I'm like, you know, you're in space. You can go around that. Like there's, <laughs> you can go over it and go under it. Yep. <laughs> Cause it's like just a flat plane. It is not tall at all. No. Remember in Star Trek two when mm-hmm. they were both stuck in the nebula. Yeah. And you know, it's that cool submarine battle scene. It's super mm-hmm. awesome and all that. And Spock says, well, my analysis is that he doesn't have three-dimensional thinking. You know, he's, he's yeah. smart, but he's not thinking in three dimensions. And Kirk goes, oh, go uh, down. <laughs> Z minus. I, I just I love the term, and I, I guess it's um, maybe a current naval term. I have no idea. Uh, Z, Z minus 10,000 meters or something like that. They drop a bit, and then they're underneath, and they punch that hole yeah. up through the uh, the Reliant. It's super awesome. I'm thinking about that, and I'm looking at this storm, which is, is mm-hmm. a very cool effect for the time. And I'm just like, yeah, man, just go up, man. Like, you <laughs> exactly. had all the time, to, well before this scene, to just go up. Go around it. Go down. Uh, I don't know. Like, it's this. you're, you're kidding me with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
it. Yeah. When you animate it, when you draw it, make it tall. Yeah, yeah. That way Make it's not it so obvious it, you to can, all yeah. of us, you know, exactly. that we're just like, just fucking go up, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't know. T'Pol comes in and he's talking about how beautiful it is. And, and he says, it's too bad we can't take scans. And she's like, we'll be inside it for eight days. We'll have plenty of time for scans. Like, how did he not know that? <laughs> That's why he gets you a Vulcan science officer, man. Ex- evidently. That's why they pay her the big bucks. Right? It's fucking Jesus Christ. It's super um, cool looking. My, my thought with this uh, head cannon, whatever, this giant purple wave of destructive awesomeness came <laughs> from the Super Bowl where Prince played at halftime. <laughs> And as he's playing the solo for Purple Rain, as it started to actually rain yeah. at that moment, it was just so <laughs> awesome that this giant purple blast happened. And that's that's where it came from. That's its origins. It's just science. It really is. It's Prince science. Yeah. Um, science. They're talking and he's nervous about turning everything off. And she's like, it will fuck the ship up if we don't do that. He's like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> um, he says, I looked up about that, you know, that ship you were talking about that just almost, you know, was destroyed. And he says it was the starship or the Vulcan ship Taplana, and it was lost with all hands. She turns around really slowly and looks at him right in the eye, and she's like, I must have remembered wrong. <laughs> this all about it's weird this is what we were talking about earlier it's like it, it sounds like something was either either the storyline was not fleshed out like there's some kind of backstory and it wasn't you know expanded upon enough or they they took something out he took it out it's very odd to do this to to paul right from a writing standpoint to just be like yeah make her like weirdly lie <laughs> For no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Like if there would have been another scene, and I feel like that there was time for this, mm-hmm. where somehow it comes up again and she says to someone, I don't know, maybe Trip, maybe Hoshi, because those mm-hmm. relationships need to develop more, Yeah, um, that she was worried about scaring everyone. Right. And then right. it would be like this breakthrough sort of moment where it's like, oh, you're starting to care about our emotional states. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I- yeah. That would have been amazing character development. Yeah. I, you know, well, well. Oh, fucking well. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we go back to the uh, catwalk and they're kind of, they're switching out, you know, they're switching over everything from the bridge to the uh, catwalk. And the set just has a bunch of fiber optic cables and pretty lights and colors and stuff to make it look super high tech. It's genius because it, they're just suggesting this high-tech stuff. I, right. I love this makeshift bridge set because there's mm-hmm. like loose fiber optic. There's like loose cable that yeah. isn't going places, uh-huh. uh, but but there's, there isn't a, a, a ton of it. And they didn't make any controls. Right. But they left them out of the shot. Like the, mm-hmm. it's always shot from where... I guess a screen would be, but you never see it. You never see it from that angle. You only Mm -hmm. see it from like, if you were the screen sort of that direction. Yeah. So there's just like the top of a console and Mm -hmm. Anthony Montgomery sitting in front of it and you you don't see his hands or anything like that. And it's such a Mm -hmm. brilliant cost saving measure. It's just like, well, why, why, why build all that crap? Just, 
very just don't shoot it. Who gives a shit? Yeah, <laughs> it's awesome. I love this kind of nobody's stuff. gonna care. Yeah, I didn't even think of it until the second time I watched it. I was like, oh, yeah. none of that. No, shit's they didn't here. have to do shit. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. They made it a lot easier on themselves. Yeah, good call. <laughs> So then there's kind of this a little bit of a running joke. I don't know, just a callback, I guess, um, because uh, Trip points to this canister, like, you know, a bucket, you know, kind of a one of those like mini kegs. That's exactly what it looks like, a mini keg. And he points to it, you know, and it's got for some reason it has a net on it. And he points to it and says, you know, there's your captain's chair to Ahab. And he's like, you want to try it out? He's like, nah, no, it's. Looks <laughs> I lowered it by one centimeter. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be real comfy. That still bothers me. <laughs> <sighs> See, I think it's I, I think it's kind of brilliant. It, but <laughs> I kind of if love he it. said if he said like ten centimeters, totally that would be that would make perfect sense. Yeah. But a centimeter is such a tiny amount of <laughs> thing. <laughs> Just ugh. yeah, Whatever. I think that they were just going for funny, like oh, yeah. the smaller yeah. oh, it is, yeah. the funnier it'll be. <laughs> I'll make it easy. So Ahab gives a pep talk to everybody. Um, it's over the comm system, and he tells them, you know, they you won't be comfortable, but we will be safe and alive, and we have the best crew in the fleet and the sturdiest ship, and and it's just like, okay, you know, great, thanks, Captain, you know. Clear eyes, full hearts. <laughs> Football. So they, quote unquote, polarize the hull plating and turn towards the storm so that they're not, because otherwise they're just getting chased by it. So they kind of turn towards it so it goes over and past them. They sh- start shaking the, sh- the camera. You know, everybody's like, you know, do the Shatner moves. And Porthos does not look shaken up when the camera shakes but when they kind of get into a worse spot porthos like goes back behind like a panel into like a smaller space and then after it smooths out porthos comes out like is everything over and it's adorable beagle on the bridge it's good shit alliteration is always good the shot of them turning directly into the storm pretty Mm. damn good yeah the the special effects shot where they just turn and go like fuck it let's go <laughs> <laughs> pretty cool I, I really uh, like that shot it's it's good yeah Archer's walking around through the catwalk and we're finally seeing more of this crew which is good mm-hmm. I mean y- you have to uh, at this yeah. point because Jesus Christ if you have eighty three people in like one tube. And we're still not seeing the rest of the crew. It's just like, okay, oh, fucking K, all right? I just don't believe you anymore. How does this thing operate? So we do get to see more of the crew. There's this bit part, I don't know, this girl just kind of comes out of nowhere and just goes up to Archer. She walks up to him like Mm -hmm. he's a celebrity and she's trying to get his autograph. Very much so. That's exactly how it seems. Oh, hello there. And and she's like, hi, Captain. Um... Yeah. Can you help me do this crossword puzzle? And he <laughs> and he does and he, he names what was it? Uh Solar, I think. Solar, yeah. Yeah. The first Vulcan ambassador. Yeah. Super fun bit of trivia that they did for this. This is awesome. Mm-hmm. Solar is the name of the Vulcan, the first Vulcan that lands on Earth, comes down the plank, and then takes off his hood in first contact. 
and holds yeah. up the Vulcan hand sign thing, the mm-hmm. live long and prosper V thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, Farmer Hoggett's like, hey, <laughs> let's get hammered. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that character's name in yeah. First Contact. Nice. Then we go to our next least d- well-developed character in the entire Star Trek canon, Hoshi. Brushing her teeth with like a blue strobe light, which is cool. Um, and she's, you know, talking to Ahab and she's like, if eight days in here doesn't cure my claustrophobia, you know, nothing will. And I'm like, why do you have claustrophobia? <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's this ongoing meme in online Star Trek spaces when people are talking about DS9 and mm-hmm. that is O'Brien must suffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He has some really horrible shit happen to him and everything. But God, no kidding. I really think, like, it might be just as appropriate to say Hoshi must suffer. Yeah. it's kind of all she does. It's such a kind of insulting, you know, because she's one of the, on- she's one of the only women on the show, mm-hmm. other than mm-hmm. T'Pol. And she's a communications officer, which I kind of wish she was something else. And she's horrible. She's horrible at her job, and and it's not the actress's fault. It's how they write her. Yeah, she's like, "You're the captain. Can't you order the storm to calm down?" What? What? Can you imagine? You're an officer. You, you get know? the <laughs> your bridge officer. Oh, Can you imagine getting the script and you look at that line and you go, "Ah, oh, Jesus." Yeah. <laughs> There's no way to do this. There's no way to deliver nope. this line. That's true. God, that yeah. sucks. That sucks, man. Very frustrating. Can't you order the storm? Is she five? <laughs> what what it, is it's, this? It's infantilizing. It's infantilizing Milktoast and infantilizing Hoshi. And mm-hmm. that, I hate to say it, but it's 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 not directly racist, but it's a bias. It's a it's an unconscious bias. Yeah. Towards black people, women, Asians. Just, just no reason to do that to those characters. Can you imagine Florida Man saying that? You're Captain? Oh. Can't you? I mean, even jokingly, that wouldn't yeah. deliver. Like, it would just it would just suck. It would fall very, very flat. Can't you order Storm to murder? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it just, no, no, no. It, it, that sucks. Uh-huh. It, it really sucks, and it, it's an ongoing thing where they're just not going to develop these characters much. Yeah. And it's... It's a, it's a real shame. So continuing on, Ahab notices that the alien trio has tacked up blankets around their little area. First thing I'd do, I'd just be like, yep, yeah, I'm going to put up walls and uh-huh. good here. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, any kind of any kind of situation like that, you're going to want to have at least some measure of privacy. You create any kind of privacy that you can. Trip really has an issue with these guys. Like, <laughs> he really gets annoyed with these dudes. Yeah. Trip's not a fan at all. It, com- nope. it comes up again later. Oh, yeah. There's this scene where Malcolm comes up to Phlox and he's like, oh, 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 I have oh, a bad tummy. Oh, and, <laughs> and at first, when I when he first started talking, I was like, does he have the shits? What's, what is he talking about? And then they, you know, eventually say he's having motion sickness. I'm like, I wouldn't have said digestive issues. I would have just said motion sickness. Or some vertigo or something. Yeah. Because yeah. I thought the same thing. And I'm like, oh my God, can you imagine <laughs> being having this, like oh. 
diarrhea locker. Yeah. Diarrhea storage locker. Ooh. Fuck. Yeah, that would be terrible. Terrible. I'm guessing it's yeah. one bathroom, right? It's just the there is one bathroom. Yeah, that does yeah. get established. There is one yeah. bathroom for all 83 people. Oh. If one person what? has diarrhea and has to keep running in there. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, fuck. Fuck me. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Well, 86 because of the three alien guys. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Our number one test is your number two. Ahab comes up to Phlox uh, after Reed leaves, and uh, he describes how it's actually really comforting to be in close quarters because there's actually 12 billion people on his home world. On one continent. On one continent. Yeah. One. That that holds some really interesting ideas, like, evolutionarily. Oh, yeah. Because as species developed and changed... On Earth, like, them getting physically separated is a huge part of that. Oh, major. Major part of it, yeah. If you had any kind of big die-off on Denobula... It would just be dead. Yeah, that would be it. Yeah. Like, one big catastrophe, and then that is fucking it. Yeah! Well, I guess 12 billion people, I mean, I guess that's what happens when you bone everyone. (laughs) You know, I mean, they all have like three, you know, every woman has three husbands and every husband has three wives. And I mean, that's just. And they're all on one space. They're all in one, one continent. They've got to have an app like in Iceland where (laughs) if you meet somebody and you hit it off, you you check real quick to make sure that you're not cousins. (laughs) I think that would be useful. Mississippi doesn't bother. They're just like, who who fucking cares? no, no. What's an app? <laughs> Finally, Ahab gets to the bridge, you know, the temp bridge, and Porthos is just chilling on his bed. It's so cute. And Milktoast says that there's like eddies up ahead, and they show it later, but you're not really clear on what they mean by an eddy until, like I said, until later when they show it. But Ahab says, okay, we'll steer us around them and then go to bed. We'll get the, I don't know, night pilot in. And he settles into his tiny little bed area, gives Porthos some snuggles, and watches his water polo match on his little, I don't know, Amazon fire. I just... Fucking water polo, man. Water polo. (laughs) Fucking... Really? Yeah. This is what we went with. I just every uh, once in a while, it just blows my mind that this is what we went same, with. Same. <laughs> Could have gone water with polo. any sport in the world. Went with water polo. I mean, what 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 would have been better? Soccer, definitely. Uh, cricket. You know, lacrosse. Lacrosse. He does seem like a lacrosse guy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, he's totally. T- yeah. Oh, that that's good. Yeah, he is mm-hmm. absolutely a lacrosse dude. Or even hockey. Could have he could have done hockey. So you think it's us boys? Why boys? So T'Pol is really close to him. She's on kind of a other side of the the wall or the other side of the area that they're in. And she kind of sniffs the air, you know, and you can tell it ain't good. And she's so annoyed and it's precious and I love her. God, can you imagine? You've got Ugh. like super Vulcan lady smell. Seeing it, the way that sounded weird. Sorry. Um, <laughs> you got... lady smell. <laughs> that, sound, uh. that sounded no. I, y'all know what I mean. 
I do. Vulcan <laughs> women have a heightened sense of smell. They have right, right. addressed this directly in the show, and that Tapal yeah. has to. What does she take? Pills or injections or something, um, so that she can put up with human stink? Yeah, she ta- she takes a pill or something. Yeah, I think she takes a pill. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, Fox yeah. helps her out with that, and now she's stuck in this tube with not <laughs> just all the humans, but like right next to the dog too. Yeah, yeah, and and there's only one bathroom, and nobody oh. can take a shower. Oh fuck's sake! <laughs> Fucking awful. She should have gone insane at the end of this oh, episode. She yeah, should have no gone kidding. insane and like <laughs> choked out one of the aliens when they try to cook later on or something. <laughs> that she just been good. fucking loses it, and we'd have all been like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." Trip completely loses his shit, oh, which is awesome. <laughs> and then he gets annoyed with her because she's beeping on her little, you know, uh, apple pad thing anyway um and and it i don't care i don't care that he's annoyed with her you know seriously who gives a shit yeah so he talks about like well this is like going on a camping trip and it's bringing the crew together and he asks her if she's ever been camping and she tells him about the coswan ritual but she doesn't say what it is like she just says that she was in the desert and I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, original animated series. There's an episode, I want to say it's Time is Yesterday, um, where Spock goes back in time and meets himself and helps himself out of this Coswan ritual. What it is, is they take this 12, 11, 12 year old kid and put him in the desert with nothing and sees if they survive. Fucking which brutal. sounds fucking brutal yeah that's it's, terrifying it's so fucked up it's almost as bad as 300 where they're like spartan children are thrown to wolves and Ugh. if they survive they get to be warriors so gross this is Vulcan. so he tells her to fraternize with the crew and she says she's not good at it and he's like well then learn and i'm like fuck you you know <laughs> but but, I mean, she's basically an introvert, you know? Yeah. At this point, human-Vulcan relations are weird. Mm-hmm. Archer mm-hmm. has, especially in her case, has kind of started to deal with his issues because like, he's <laughs> anger, because uh, of all the anger he had on his dad's behalf or something. Right. You know, whatever, that, that whole thing and everything. Uh-huh. But there's got to be other humans that feel the same way. And then also she's, like, wearing a wetsuit or whatever. This thing this. <laughs> yeah. It, it can't be easy for her to just walk around a bunch of people like this. And Ugh. also there's the smell thing. And just man, yeah. lay yeah. off of her, man. This is not yeah. the no time. Shit. This yeah. is not, this is the, not time. the time to mess with her. Yeah. yeah. Come on, man. Lay <laughs> off of her. So then we go to Hoshi, Trip, Reed, and Milk Toast. And they're playing poker. And their you know money is freeze-dried desserts. This is just me being picky, but Reed raises with a pineapple cobbler. So you know he had a good hand. That's not being picky. That's being really observational. That's good. I thought so. I love that you caught that because I didn't catch that. It's like, yeah. oh, that, that means he'd have to have a good hand because literally yeah. the only thing about Reed that we know <laughs> at all, the only thing his friends knew, the yeah. only thing his family knew about him right. is that he rather likes pineapple. <laughs> no his family didn't even know his family yeah, didn't know his sister true. didn't know his roommate in college didn't know yeah that's true it's fucking oh ridiculous my God. 
Yeah, holy shit. Literally the only personal <laughs> thing that we know about him is that he likes pineapple. Uh, so I love that you caught that because I, I, I wish I'd have caught that. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. I think this scene right here, just this little brief scene, is to show how the close quarters are getting on everybody's nerves. Because Reed turns into a little bitch and is like, at least you could have made it, you know, tried to make this tolerable. And Florida Man's like, I had four hours. You're lucky there's a fucking bathroom. And then Reed bitches about something else and bitches about something else. And then Hoshi bitches about something. And that's what told me that this was kind con- that was the reason why they were doing this scene to make it clear that everybody was just like, you know, starting to get pissed off. There's a thing where she rolls her eyes and I need a gif of that. I do too. <laughs> that would be she, amazing. She just sits there. The shot is just her. Just rolling her eyes. And I'm like, why is it that? Please, please let that be a gif. I have to find that (laughs) or make that. I don't know how to make those, but somebody make that. I don't know how to make that either. Yeah, somebody make the gif of Hoshi rolling her eyes. It'd be amazing. And don't write in and tell me it's Jif. Fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. Joe, fuck yourself. (laughs) Chef comes up and gives everybody supper and uh, I found out that I said the reason Chef is never seen, you know, head up, is out of respect for the food stylist of the show, which I want a food stylist. Um, her name's Do- Dorothy Duder, and she was considered the real chef of the show because this enterprise is so food heavy. Yeah. I was thinking about this last night. Like, there's maybe a couple episodes of TNG, a couple episodes of... Uh, Voyager and like maybe one episode of Deep Space Nine that even talks about food but this show is so food heavy and so food oriented it's crazy there was that one where I think it's Worf's brother is on mm-hmm. is on the ship and he's like I will eat your dead bird meat <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> your burned bird meat or something like that yeah <laughs> and then Troy super into chocolate I don't uh-huh. know. They, yeah. yeah. DS9, I don't remember much food at all in DS9. Neither do I. Like, they talk about Hasbrat, but they never really show a lot of food. Oh, wait. Um, Cisco. Oh, Cisco's, a, yeah, right. Yeah, because Cisco would cook. Uh, and but his, they don't, his dad had a restaurant. Right, but they don't show the food. That's true. You know, they don't show them sitting down and eating very often. This show, you see all of the food. They talk about what they're having. Ahab invites people for breakfast. You know, I mean, it's it's a big deal. And then, of course, you have the, the mess hall and the chef because it's not, they don't have a replicator. Food is definitely more of a thing for this crew. I'm fascinated by the humanoid preoccupation with eating. This is the first time that we see chef and we don't really, mm-hmm. like you said, we, we mm-hmm. don't see this person's head at all. It kind of reminded me of home improvement. Tool time? Home improvement. Yeah, tool, yeah. <laughs> That was the thing. Everyone called Home Improvement Tool Time. Which was the show that he did within the show. God, that always drove me nuts. My parents would be like, Tool Time's on. I'd be like, that's not not the name of the show. Yeah. That's his that's his cable access show he does or whatever. <laughs> like it's, the show is called Home Improvement, which makes a lot more sense because it's a family at right. home sitcom, you know, ninety exactly. percent of the time. Anyway, yeah. So he has this neighbor named Wilson whose face you never completely see. 
mm-hmm. that dispenses wisdom and, and yes. this sort of thing or whatever. That yeah. wasn't gone too long before this show, just a few years. Very much still yeah. in the public consciousness. Yes, so very. I, I'm surprised that it wasn't a recurring thing mm-hmm. where you don't see Chef partially. You hear Chef mm-hmm. reference, but I don't know. Anyway, I, yeah. I'm surprised that this show didn't do this a whole lot more. They could have incorporated Chef a little bit more. It would have been nice. I suggest you let that one marinate. Milk toast actually smells something burning, which is very bad because obviously they're they're on top of one of the main parts of the engine, which obviously I'm sure has some kind of flammable parts. I don't know, you know, whatever. Trip rips open the curtains that the aliens have up, and they are frying something on a hot plate, and it, I'm pretty sure. It's chicken feet. It's all rubber, though. It's super rubbery looking. It's just like a random weird shape. Mm-hmm. It looks like something out of Rick and Morty. It's, yeah. It's gross. <laughs> it's super like chicken gr- feet. It's like grade D meat. You know? <laughs> it, it, in some wacky shape. Like chicken feet has like a, like this, this texture to it. This yeah. is just like this weird <laughs> rubber thing. It's super gross. <laughs> really well done as far as it a prop. Is. It, it, it a, is. For yeah. food design or whatever, food prop, it's it's great. Because it, yeah. it's just like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not eating that. <laughs> and they're just, they're just like, yeah, well, sorry, we've had some trouble digesting your food. And there's one fucking bathroom. Oh, my God. Let us eat. <laughs> Please let us eat our own food. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I kind of, I kind of feel for these guys right here. There's a moment at uh, minute twenty two fifty. You're looking at Trip because he's the one kind of doing the action and and saying things. But right behind him is Reed, and he makes the most hilarious face at the food that they're cooking. It was, it was one of those moments where I was like, oh my god, I have to tell somebody about that. Perfectly within character, too, because yes. the English are fairly picky about uh-huh. any kind of exotic food. Overcooked on the bottom, crispy as fuck, and it looks like Gandhi's flip-flop. Trip gets called into that makeshift bridge room thingy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, he's complaining about the aliens, and he's just he's just <laughs> like, oh, these guys suck, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, I thought him and like the lead dude would hit it off, because that guy with that Skulletail has the uh-huh. most Florida haircut of all time. <laughs> Maybe it's a case of too too similar. If you only had to sleep once a week, what would you do different? Oh gosh, I would get a lot more done. That's for sure. I like to think that I would get a lot more done, but I probably just waste the same amount of time <laughs> that I do. I would love to say, yeah, I could get our episodes out in like you know one day. Right, right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could just work 24 <laughs> hours on it instead oh. of having to do it, you know, a few hours at a time at night after work, you know, all through the week, and then it's finally done, and then it's out. <laughs> uh, I could just, like, get it all done. But I'm pretty sure I would just do that for a while and then uh-huh. just be like, yeah, I need to, like, um, play Mass Effect. Absolutely. Right <laughs> I would just do stupid shit. I'd get a lot of TV watching done, put it that way. <laughs> You'd definitely be caught up. <laughs> be caught up on Picard and Disco. Yep. Oh, yeah. Be looking for stuff to watch. There's something to be said for non-interactive stories like this being swept away in the narrative. Oh, I can't wait to see if Blaine's twin brother is the father of Jessica's baby. Not only do these guys only sleep once a week, they have been evidently chanting and walking in circles at night. So I can kind of understand Tripp's point. Oh, yeah. Maybe Ugh. that's what we would do if we only had to. 
<laughs> we just, well, you know, you chant, you walk in circles. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah, you yeah. know. Um, but Ahab's like, they saved our lives. Be nice. But the reason they called him up there was because the engine is actually like starting up, like it's starting to do things, which is bad because they're in a storm, which will mess everything up if it if they're, you know, if the engine does something. Um, not only that, but it would kill all of them. He sees that and he can't fix it from there. So he has to get the environmental suit in on, gets all, you know, worked up and everything. And he can only remain in the ship and not in the catwalk for 22 minutes. So danger music starts up. I love this next scene. It's so good. He gets in the EV suit. You got the danger music. You got some drama toms and everything. Mm -hmm. This is the longest that this show goes without dialogue. And it's very cool. Yeah, it's yeah. really, really good. Mm -hmm. It's a good chunk of time of him just mm -hmm. running around and the show absolutely showing and not telling. Which is so rare. <laughs> and we, we opened this episode with them telling and not showing about this super mm -hmm. cool planet that they found. It's, right, right. Guys, it's great. You Just just, just believe me. It's amazing, <laughs> audience. I promise I it's promise. very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You gotta believe me. He goes to engineering and there's like stuff on the floor. I don't it's totally irrelevant what kind of stuff, but it's out of order. And he hears someone coming and turns off his flashlight and, you know, kind of hides. And it's a bunch of dudes that look exactly like our friends, the alien trio. Dun, dun, dun. Except they're in fascist gear. Yeah. Shiny fascist -y gear. So, you know, yeah. something's up. Hugo Boss designed it. Um, so they're <laughs> they're fucking with the engines for some reason. And uh, an alarm distracts the bad guys and Trip runs away and races back to the catwalk. But he keeps running into fascist, like every time he's, you know, walking around, he, he keeps running into the fascist with the face cheek thing. He does a good job of like ducking and hiding, mm -hmm. getting away from him. He turns off yeah. the lights on his EV suit. And then he goes into to Paul's quarters and looks out the window and sees that there's a ship docked with them. And then he, he uses to Paul's computer to see the cameras on the bridge to see that there's more bad guys on the bridge poking through their stuff. And he checks her email just to see if, <laughs> you know, he ever comes up in conversation yeah, when yeah, she's, you know, writing to family and friends. Friends, just uh -huh. to see. Yeah. You know. If you're an audiobook listener, you can support the show by downloading The Holocaust Saviors by Ryan Jenkins on Audible. Hear inspiring stories of heroism during Europe's darkest hour. That's The Holocaust Saviors by Ryan Jenkins on Audible. There's this grizzled looking uh, space cop dude with this almost flat toppy kind of haircut. He mm -hmm. just kind of does that up thing. It's not like a flat top, flat top, but it's... Oh, he's got bad guy vibes all over him. Yeah. And, oh, and yeah. my God, does he have bad guy voice. Yes. It's it's amazing. But what's funny is that he's looking through their personnel files, right? He's And he's listening mm -hmm. to Archer logs and stuff like that. He's yeah. doing his homework on finding out about this crew. Mm -hmm. And in the pictures that he's looking through, they all look so angry. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. Well, it's it it's their DMV photos, honestly. Yeah, I, mean, I don't look that angry, and I just look like <laughs> uh, okay, I'm here in my DMV photos. They're like, <sighs> there's that meme where it's like. We took a picture of someone and then said, you know what? You're beautiful. You're beautiful. And then yeah. took a picture a second later and they're all sort of smiling. They held up the, the camera. They took a picture of of Archer and then they were like, your dad got totally cucked by Vulcans. And then they took a picture again after that. He just looks like a ball of rage. Oh my God. <laughs> To Paul looking pissed off, I can understand that because at the beginning of this, it was like, okay, here's your new job where yeah. you have to be around a bunch of humans for a couple of weeks. And then she's like, yeah. you know, fuck that, that expression. I understand. Yeah. This bad guy wants to steal the ship. Bad guy number two thinks that the fugitives, the three trio aliens are hanging out with them, um, aren't there and that the crew has deserted the ship. This captain guy, when I heard him talk, I was like, dude, epic mm-hmm. voice. But something was very, very familiar about it. So I'm, th- I'm thinking, OK, he probably did cartoons or something where he was yeah. a villain. Some cartoon oh, I yeah. watched as a kid or whatever. Um, looked at his IMDb. That wasn't so much it. What it was was that he was one of the bank robber clown guys at the very beginning of Batman the Dark Knight. That's amazing. Where they're doing the bank heist thing and then they're all killing each other mm-hmm. at the end of each scene. Somebody gets black or whatever he is the one that goes funny he told me the same thing and then kills a guy or whatever like he, that. he must have been kind of old when that sh- when movie was made because he's it's not like he's a young guy in this episode yeah i don't know how old he was yeah. um when, when he did that but just fuck me that voice oh yeah it's it's, it's it awesome. stuck with me when i saw the dark knight that yeah. guy's voice because you never see his face because he has this right uh clown um mask on or whatever mm-hmm. And uh, it, it completely stuck with me, the, just the sound of his voice. So when mm-hmm. I heard that again, I realized that that's who that was. I was Neat. like, oh my God, it's that fucking guy. What bus driver? Back to the catwalk. Uh, obviously, Trip has told everybody what he saw, and Phlox confirms that our alien trio friends didn't need shelter from the storm. They're somehow immune, which makes no sense scientifically. There's no reason (laughs) that these guys would be immune to the same radiation that would destroy our heroes in three minutes. That just doesn't make any sense. Turns out they have uh, turbo atoms. Right. (laughs) Their DNA is uh, made up of pure maple syrup. I don't know. It's (laughs) thicker than than any of our cells. Oh, Their God. cell walls are made of goddamn lead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what would a being shape like? What would a being with that kind of cellular makeup look like? Uh, exactly. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. That the, is completely insane. <laughs> well, one of the one of the heaviest parts of a um, rhinoceros is actually its skin. It's like it say it say a rhinoceros is two tons. Its skin is half of that weight. Because it's so unbelievably thick and heavy, because it's oh, like wow. armor. So they should have done something like the um, the Sulaban mm. skin. Yeah, that would have been cool. That would have been very gray cool. or something where it looks kind of armored and textured, yeah. like like deep texture. That would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it. Why not? Too much makeup. Too yeah. Too much makeup, and they had to do all those storm special effects and budget blown. We just need money. They are surrounding these guys. Mm-hmm. They. 
I would be shitting my pants. I am surrounded by 83 people who can't shower, <laughs> have to shit in the same locker, uh-huh. or just eating MREs, basically. Yep. They found out that you're bullshitting them. Yes. I mean, pitchforks and torches, man. You're Seriously. about to get tarred and feathered. Yeah. I'd be shitting myself. <laughs> my name became Snake Bomb. Finally, one dude spills. And they say, okay, we're called the Takrit. This is the Takrit militia. We thought we could hide from them. We're actually basically AWOL soldiers. And they talk about how this army is super corrupt. And and if they get caught, they'll be executed. And basically, you know, they're going to take your ship from you. So we got to do something. So don't don't kill us basically. Archer's reaction to we ditched this on moral grounds because we Mm. don't want to be space pirates. Right. And we were conscripted into it anyway. Mm. So instead of being like, oh, dude, that sucks. Okay, well, uh, at least you're good people. (laughs) You're not part of some shitty kleptocracy or something. Archer's reaction is, you're deserters. It's a very weird reaction. Yeah, what the fuck is that? The dude? only I, I want to give him credit and say maybe he was like playing bad cop and like trying to get him to tell tell them more, but that's like giving Archer way too much credit. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we saw that when they tried to be cops when they hunted down the guy from Harry and the Hendersons or whatever <laughs> that he <laughs> that they're not good at that. No. They're not good at that cop shit. They're kind of terrible. Back in the other area, the fascist bad guys are actually starting up the engines, which definitely means the crew will be cooked alive. And it'll be slow, which is kind of worse. Some, I don't, is it worse? I don't know. Oh, God, um, yeah, it's worse. Yeah, Fuck that. I guess so. Yeah, yeah. no way. So No, flash fry me. Just If you're going <laughs> to fry me, flash fry me. Just bang, I'm gone. Fuck no. Like, if I know that there's a nuke coming, I yeah. want to run toward Towards its target. It. Yes, absolutely. Being lights out. Yeah. Or lights Definitely. very much on, actually. <laughs> lights on to the point that you just disappear. You leave behind a shadow burned yeah. onto a wall. <laughs> so We uh, did that to civilians. We oh did that God, to, yeah. so, like, two cities two of cities civilians. Two cities of civilians. I think that it's one of those things that's so horrible, like, you can't really process no. it no no there's really I, no processing that to be totally honest yeah it's like staring into a canyon four times the size of the grand canyon your exactly. brain just doesn't process it yeah. you can't handle it in your mind not at all they come back to our heroes and reed ahab and Paul are go. you know they're putting on their gear you know the ev suits and they're going out into the ship and they have some kind of unknown plan i have you just have to trust me. Bad guy number two tells bad guy number one that they should leave. And bad guy number one is like, fuck that. I want this ship. For whatever reason. This is a sick ass ship compared to their garbage ships. Even though their ship looks cooler. It's a very cool design. It's much smaller than Enterprise, but it's yeah. a pretty sick fucking design. It is. I mean, maybe that's a stolen ship too. You know? Oh, yeah, that's true. They probably didn't design that. Yeah. Yeah. They're just fascists walking around stealing shit. They're kleptocrats. What the plan is, you figure it out fairly quickly, is that Reed and T'Pol are are gone to stop the engines from powering up. Like, they go into, like, a different part of the engine 
some, you know, I don't know. Fucking, they go into somewhere else. <laughs> they besides, go into the place with the switches and the yes, the, 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 the switch, dingle dongs, the switches and the dials. They um, they go in there to prevent the engines from starting up. It's it's boring, but the exciting music says it's exciting. So, um, <laughs> I I do like the touch, the the, the hard sci fi touch. Yes, of uh, trip being like well. I have to go and fix the thing, right? And they're like, no, right. dude, you were already out there uh, in your suit. Like, yep. you had some minimal exposure. Like, you, no. No, you can't go back. You're going to have yeah. to be Gary Sinise in <laughs> Apollo 13 in the simulator and just, like, t- tell them what to do. I loved his character. Anyway. Are um, the flowers blooming? <laughs> I do not have the measles. And they just look at the doctor and he's like, what? I thought he had fucking measles. <laughs> it's a good scene. It is a good scene. Um, so on the bridge, fascist bad guy number two says there's a call coming in. And it's coming from inside the ship. It's coming from inside the house. So Ahab gets on the on the view screen and he's like. You're in my chair. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's so good. It the is. Ca- he's he's in an EV suit. Yeah. And then the camera is pretty close in on him, yeah. and he just looks at him for a second, and he just goes, <laughs> "You're in my chair." It's <laughs> good. It's good. It's awesome. Uh, it's he, the coolest he's ever been. Seriously. He says the rest of the crew is dead and he's acting like he's having trouble breathing or something. So it's obviously, you know, some kind of ploy. Um, but he tells them that he won't let them take the ship and that he'll, you know, destroy the ship if he can't get it away from them. Uh, fashy kleptocrat guy is like, who are you? And Archer just goes, I'm vengeance. And then something <laughs> in the way starts playing like slowly in the background. <laughs> Die. It's awesome. Oh, man. He <sighs> <laughs> came all the way back around. The guy has fought two Batman. <laughs> Oh, and then bad guy number one uh, taunts Ahab with his daddy issues. Yeah, he gets in his head. I love this. Yeah. I love this guy. I did too. He's, he's like, you're not going to destroy your father's engine. Yeah. <laughs> daddy. Yeah. So. Uh, I looked through your tiny notebook. <laughs> the letters to your father. After Ahab like signs off of this conversation. Uh, he tells Milk Toast to head towards um, one of these eddies. And this is where they actually show the outside of the ship. And basically what it looks like is uh, back when in DS9 and the first episode of Voyager, when they show the Badlands that the, the Maquis used to kind of hide and meet up and everything. Yeah. Um, it looks like that, but like pink and purple instead of orange and red. And there's like these swirly kind of tornado hurricane looking things. And uh, that's what Milk Toast is heading towards. Adventure! Meanwhile, the warp reactor is still powering up. 
So it's starting to heat the catwalk up. So, you know, they show when they show Trip and Milk Toast, you know, trying to do what they're supposed to do, they are sweating. He says that it's gone up by six degrees. And you know that is Celsius. Yeah. Six degrees Celsius is gigantic. My favorite part of this episode, I think, is the firefight that they have in the kitchen. Yes. So Ahab is like having a firefight with a couple of the soldier dudes, and they are making a horrible mess yeah <laughs> it's just it's so messy and the chef the chef is not going to be happy James. Okay, there's lettuce getting blown up and <laughs> as and the ship is shaking and, you know. like yeah the pots and pans are <laughs> falling down around. everywhere and it's not it's not they didn't do any bullshit like you know space pot and pan right. you know like, it's it's shit from like your kitchen yeah it's, it's nice stuff yeah, it's it's all shaking and falling down. Everyone clanging. It's super loud. <laughs> yeah, I love it. It's great. Two little notes of trivia for this episode. Because the episode was filmed when South Park was really good and Isaac Hayes was still playing chef on, on uh, South Park, the call sheet uh, for this episode, which I don't know if you know, it's the it's where they have the actors and what time they need to be there and, and what they need to do and things like that. But they named the body double of chef Richard, quote-unquote, Isaac Hayes, and then his last name, which I can't pronounce. That's a problem we all have to face one time or another. And then the other minor detail that I thought was pretty interesting, actually, was this is the only episode of Star Trek to have product placement. Quite lucrative monetary possibility. Not really, you know, to in order to advertise, but the only episode that had a real-world symbol or real world item you know or whatever what was it it's ahab's water polo bag it has a nike symbol on it oh my god (laughs) and i have i can't i i did not see it i completely missed that i don't i'm gonna have to go back and see where it is because i didn't see it nike survives the eugenics wars all right (laughs) exactly yeah nike not only the eugenics wars but like world war three hopefully nike at this point, is not using child labor anymore. Hopefully the labor is at least unionized. Hope is a dangerous thing. The fascist bully boys uh, have realized that they're being steered towards this eddy so that, you know, Ahab can can destroy the ship. And they're freaking out a little bit. Reed and T'Pol have shut down the warp reactor. So luckily, you know, they're not going to boil alive. But the bad guys can't steer the ship. Um, it's all being steered by milk toast in, you know, the catwalk. So it's a big game of chicken, basically. Up those fucking steaks. Give me them drama toms. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And meanwhile, the kitchen is getting more and more fucked up, which I just yeah. loved. <laughs> oh, yeah, the fight is still going on in the kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> Can you imagine a firefight when you're in an EV suit and they're oh, not? God, yeah. CV suits are clunky, man. These are actually pretty good as far as your body movement, but your head is completely like you can't move your neck to to like turn around and look to your side or look to your look around. So that's kind of worse, I think. You want to be able to turn your head. Sure, me back down the driveway in here. They're playing chicken, and he's just like, "You're not going to destroy your father's." engine is just (laughs) you'd be surprised (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck and he's like oh no he out villain voiced me Uh let's get out of here i give up i i lose i lose chicken or win or how anyway he loses all right they this they they fuck off 
and I kind of would have loved to see some damage because the, they're yeah. right next to that big tornado eddy thingy. Yeah. And like some plasma like hits them a little bit on the way out. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe they don't blow up, but you know, they get yeah, fucked up it, a little bit. And it seems like they just take off really easily. Even, even just a, a, a moment where it like kind of, you know, stalls or something and, and, you know, has to like gun their engines real hard to get out or some something like that would have been really cool. Oh well. Anyway. It is it is a cool looking ship though. It is. So. It's very Whatever. cool. Looking. Fuck it. You know. <laughs> um so when they leave, uh only really the audience knows that it happened. To Paul is still in the catwalk and doesn't know that. So she's telling Milk Toast, you know, you have to maintain course towards that eddy until Ahab tells us that, you know, everything's clear. And it gets really tense because, like, they've been gone for a minute or so and Milk Toast is still heading for this, you know, whirlwind thing. Finally, Ahab tells to Paul and the, you know, Temp Bridge that the bad guys are gone and, you know, Milk Toast veers off. Last second. It's awesome. Yeah. Were they going to survive? <laughs> uh, we know. Yeah, we know yeah, that they're going to, you gonna, know. Okay. Yeah, everything's going to be okay. Right. It's not the end of this. <laughs> oh, my God. Will they, sur- will they survive or will this not be a mid-season episode? <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is the uh, end. This is, how we, this is how we end this. Right. So we get this pretty good uh, denouement to the episode. Um, because I really appreciated that they didn't end that whole sequence, the action part, with them also popping out of the storm at the same time. That would have been just like way too coincidental and just, I don't know, just too much at, at yeah. once. A, so, little, a little too easily wrapped up. Exactly. That, way too much. Yeah, yeah. They're still in the storm waiting it out. And everyone, all the, you know, 83 people are crowded around one of those tiny monitors and they're watching some kind of Western. And I've looked at the, uh, the memory alpha page. They're work. They're watching an episode of Kung Fu, like from the seventies. R.I.P. David Carradine. Don't, uh, don't die like that kids. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up if you want. If you're going to die from autoerotic asphyxiation, just don't do it in Thailand. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. That was rough. Not a good look. No. Can you imagine? That's like your last thought. You're like, oh, fuck, man. This this is going to look bad. (laughs) As like the lights start popping and like the darkness is closing in, you're like, this this is just going to look awful. Oh, shit. Anyway, so everybody looks like they smell terrible. It's it's very kind of one of those ugh, gross things. Everybody's sweaty and, you know. So Trip is kind of confused at what happens on the episode. And to Paul explains, you know, that that whatever, whatever. Um, and everybody gives her kind of a strange look. And she she says, isn't it obvious? And I really wanted her to say instead... You know, something like what I was what I was paying attention. You know, or something. Was no one else paying attention? Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I like that they picked Kung Fu. I, I really wish that it had been a sci-fi show. That I really would have liked that. Yeah, yeah. A good '70s sci-fi show, like um, or a sh- or a shitty one, like Battlestar or something like that. What was the one with the robot Robbie? Uh, 
Oh, uh, Lost in Space. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. Lost in Space was Star Trek's um, real competition on the original when the original show was on. That's true. The only real big competition was Lost in Space. Yeah, it's the same era. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Mm-hmm. That would have been that would have been really funny, actually. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, it, it would have been funny if they if she knocks it or something. Just yeah, like, that's not an efficient design for a robot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Why is the robot behaving so emotionally? Right. <laughs> Danger, Will Robinson. So at the same sucked. Oh god, it's terrible. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Like they redid it on on uh, Netflix and it, like they did it like a drama version and I was just like, "No, thanks. That just looks dumb." Have you have you seen it? I haven't seen any of that. No, I, of that? I watched like the first couple episodes cuz like, "Oh, okay, cool. A reimagining, you know. I, I I dig that." And it was just it was so um what's the word i want to use predictable oh you know you kind of could see what was going to happen um and it it just yeah it just kind of sucked i didn't like it the new the new robot design looked pretty cool yes yeah yeah i mean it definitely looked good the acting was good uh production design was beautiful but um just the plot was just kind of dull plodding pedantic but at that moment right at the end of the episode um ahab comes on the intercom and tells everybody that they're actually going to be moving out of the storm uh a little bit early thanks to milk toast and everybody cheers and claps and everything and as they're kind of breaking up to get their stuff and pack up a uh, Florida man turns and invites to Paul to movie night, which they have each week, and it's adorable. And she looks flustered, and I love her. <laughs> She's so cute. Jolene, Jolene, <laughs> I'm begging you to hook up with Trip Jolene. So the crew are leaving, going back to their rooms. You see, like the the cor- the regular corridors of the ship. And Ahab comes out of the the catwalk carrying Porthos, and it just kills me. It's so cute, and he just and he puts him down, and Porthos is just looking up at him like, "Yeah, yeah I love you." It's so cute. This is why you get the pocket beagle instead of <laughs> your standard base model beagle, right. <laughs> because the they stay tiny and cute, and you can pick them up. <laughs> That's adorable. So the alien trio comes out and we kind of wrap up this storyline. You know, he they tell him that, you know, we're going to go to this one system and, you know, they'll be safe there. And Ahab wishes them the best, you know. And I would have bitched them out and been like, you know, you put us in fucking danger, you dick. But, um, but at the same time, thank you. Um, so the episode ends and it ends like this kind of really good way but unexpected way it's just ahab and and to paul walking down the hall walking on opposite sides of the camera and it just fades out that's very cool that's all folks i mean when you've been stuck in a tube with somebody for a while it's just like okay yeah. I don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going to see your ass tomorrow. You know, so whatever. Yeah. This job I used to have, I was there every single day. I was there seven days a week. Oh, my God. And there was one other person who was also there seven days a oh. week. We stopped saying hi and goodbye to each I other. I can imagine. Like, ugh. 
It's not that we didn't get along or anything like that. We were just no, no. What was the point? Right. We were always around oh, each other. Oh. Yeah, that's so. terrible. So, do you think it trekked? Do you think this episode absolutely? Trekked? Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. got the beginning towards the beginning scene where mm-hmm. uh, it's very TNG. They're around the conference table and everyone's. Uh, working out this problem. There's believable mm-hmm. techno babble. Yep. They really do some good, relatively hard sci-fi mm-hmm. in this mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, definitely. The thing with the aliens is great because you think you've got something, whatever, but it, you get more information and you learn about this culture mm-hmm. and what's going on, and that changes the playing field that's fantastic yeah. that's yeah. classic trek absolutely we've got the reference to first contact yep involving someone who i guess was a fan that won a contest i don't know something <laughs> just felt weird about that that's the scene. crossword puzzle girl yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the crossword puzzle yeah. girl yeah uh so congratulations to her for winning whatever that was <laughs> this was what i pictured in my head when they said, okay, we're going to do a prequel. Yeah. And I'm just like, why aren't more episodes like this? Mm-hmm. Why don't they feel like this? Yeah, yeah. This hit the nail on the head mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the concept of this show, setting it at the time that it did, and still doing little things to connect to the larger Star Trek canon. Like, yeah. It, 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 was, it was really good. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, absolutely. Cool. What about you? Um, I, I of course it tracked absolutely. Um, the the whole playing chicken thing reminded me of a Vo- uh, Voyager episode um, that I am desperately trying to find the name of. It's driving me crazy, and I want to find it. Hang on one second. <laughs> Six hours later. Invisible scientists were experimenting on everyone. It was called Scientific Method. And Janeway flew into like really close to like a binary system or something and basically played chicken with them just like that. You know, she was like, I'll destroy the ship. And uh, when they conceded the game of chicken, there was three ships on hanging on Voyager. And as they flew away, one of them blew up. (laughs) I liked it. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you come up with a band name how do i find a good band name and they start going on these websites which is findagoodbandname.com or whatever, whatever the hell it is uh so there is a scene where reed we talked about it earlier uh goes up to flocks and is like oh I, uh, my tummy itch and reed is talking about the last time he felt that bad or something i don't know mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. I, I forgot i forgot exactly why i don't care um <laughs> but he he's talking about some kind of zero g training thing uh that he had a tough time with at starfleet academy they called it the device he was in the vomitorium yeah so i'm gonna go with vomitorium, vomitorium. yeah yeah nice. sounds like you know like a i guess death metal i don't know gore, some kind of metal <laughs> Like Cannibal Corpse, where it's yeah. all about gore and nasty Meh. shit or whatever. And there definitely needs to be a metal-ish name, because this is the 666th episode of Star Trek. <gasps> yeah. Crazy. How interesting. Yeah. I didn't I had no idea. That's really cool. My band name was kind of, is kind of uh, you know, kind of a uh 
silly band. Uh, I, I decided on Chicken Feet for some reason. Which is pretty close to Chicken Foot, that horrible super group. That's terrible. That that bothers me. Consisting of two of the Van Hagar guys, uh, which was uh, Michael Anthony and Sammy Hagar. Yeah. And the drummer from Red Hot Chili Peppers, oh, Chad Smith. God. Who looks so, so much like Will Ferrell. It's crazy. Yeah, he does. <laughs> and uh, Joe Satriani on guitar. Oh, that was, so that was chicken foot. Yeah, weird bands. That happened, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about a non-Trek recommendation? I found a really funny show. It's this series, this international series called Last One Laughing. Uh, they've done it in Spain, mm-hmm. Australia, Mexico. I've seen the Australian one, and I saw uh, some of the Mexican one. It's called Last One Laughing Canada. Nice. And it's on Prime. And the idea is that you put a bunch of comedians in a like kind of a funny set, like a weird set, and for six hours, you are not allowed to laugh. <laughs> and you're trying to eliminate the other comedians. Wow. So these comics are trying to crack each other up. There's cameras everywhere, and they get to do all this crazy shit to try to make each other laugh. The Australian one that I saw and the Mexican one, they're competing for cash. Canada, because Canada, because they're wonderful. Please, more people in Canada, listen. <laughs> the... <laughs> They uh, are competing for charity. So they've all selected different charities that they're trying to um, raise money for. That's super cool. Yeah, it's great. I I put it on my list. Dave Foley, one of the guys from Whose Line Is It Anyway, the the big dude. I don't don't know a lot of these people's names. I'm sorry. I I, I do apologize. But there's a lot of faces that you go, oh, so-and-so. The big dude from Letterkenny. Nice. Uh, he was very, very funny. And uh, lots more people, some people that you'll recognize, maybe some that you won't. But yeah, Last One Laughing Canada. It's nice. a very funny show that's only the six episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's mm-hmm. a short watch. And cool. uh, it, it cracked me up. I thought it cool. was great. I'm going to go with a comedy series as well. Um, it's on HBO Max. The show's called Our Flag Means Death. Um, and it's based, obviously, very loosely on a true story. In the 1700s, this extremely rich guy uh, decided that he wanted to be a pirate, evidently some kind of midlife depression or something, or he'd got hit on the head really hard. But he decided to be a pirate, bought a ship, got a crew and everything. And this is uh, basically a comedy about that. If you've watched Flight of the Concords, uh, the main character is the the Flight of the Concords manager. Yeah, Murray. So, Murray, yeah. What's the next episode? Next episode is the one that kind of reminds me of Enemy Mine, which is ne- not a bad thing. Um, but it's it's kind of a another episode where Trip gets stranded with an alien, which is odd. And they make passionate love. Well, no. <laughs> but... <laughs> hey man anything goes when you're stranded yeah true anything goes when you're stranded on an alien planet (laughs) with just one person music by maximum busy muscle check out maximumbusymuscle.bandcamp.com yes if you're into audiobooks and you want to help out the show check out the holocaust saviors or the encyclopedia of the ted bundy murders 
or World War II New Technologies, all audiobooks that help the show out a little bit. And we have a new Patreon tier. Yes! Right now, all of our support, and this is amazing, is at our highest level, the $5 level. We have a $5 level, which is Porthos Feeders. We'll make sure that Porthos gets his cheesy treats. Yes. At the $3 level, we have the Porthos Petters, because he's a good boy, and so are you. And we went ahead and <laughs> added a whole nother one called, you know, I'm really more of a cat person. And that's a $1 a month contribution. Yeah. So for only $1, you can support the show. No, it's not a lot, but hey, if we get more people to support the show at only mm-hmm. $1, that is a huge help. Yeah. So patreon.com slash Star Trek stuff. You can become a patron and really help the show out, even if it's at the $1 level. Yep. That's a huge help. It is. Our Instagram is Star Trek Stuff Podcast. Our Facebook page is Star Trek Stuff Podcast. And our email address is we are Star Trek Stuff at gmail.com follow me on twitter at bag of lasers mm-hmm. and that's about it that's about it we did it we, we did, did this it. episode yay twice actually <laughs> but <laughs> fuck me <sighs> alright so thank you so much and we will see you next time live long and prosper peace and long life have you seen penguins or not penguins uh, panda bears pee no. They stand up against trees upside down. Okay. That animal is not done evolving, like, at all. Like, all it eats is bamboo leaves, which have, like, no nutrition. Uh-huh. And then they piss themselves. Is well, they, that- they what they do is they back up against the tree, like, like their ass is facing the, the trunk of the tree. Okay. And they use their back legs to climb up the tree. Okay. So that their head is down and their butt is in the air against the tree trunk and they pee as high as they possibly can because it's marking their territory. And the higher on the tree that the pee is, the more um, uh, virile, I guess, the <laughs> panda bear is. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. Did you know, this is completely off topic, but speaking of pirates, I found out why a lot of pirates would wear an eye patch, um, even if they didn't have their eye, you know, their eye was okay, is because when they would attack a ship and go down into the hold... Of a, of a ship, they would flip the eye patch up so that one eye was already adjusted to the dark. What? Yeah. That's not real. Is that real? No, it's totally real. Yeah. What? Uh-huh. That is wild. Yeah, it makes part. It's so brilliant, too, because like most of those ships, it's not like there was light. You know, it's not like there was lighting down there. That's you true. Know, and you only had like tiny, tiny little ports. You know, um, so that, you know, water didn't get in. And so it was basically really dark down there. So they'd wear an eye patch on one eye, fight their way down to the, you know, to the opening where they'd go downstairs. And then when they got there, they'd flip up that that eye patch or maybe flip it to the other eye and they'd be able they would already be adjusted to the light. That's so cool. 
but then I mean, your depth perception is off, sure. and then you're fighting. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, that sounds wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. I mean, it's certainly, you know, yeah, your depth perception wouldn't be great, but it would definitely give you a huge advantage. Yeah, I guess so. That mm. initial, you know. Blinding kind yeah. of darkness. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, right. um, okay. so. Like, especially mm-hmm. action movies. That's yeah, that's more yeah. of a training montage thing. You know, or Karate sports Kid. Movies. And... Sports movies. Yes. Oh, of yeah. Co- there, there you go. Yeah. Sports movies. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever get you down. We are the champions. Yeah. So, uh, so we. (laughs) (laughs) And if you haven't seen Letter Kenny, you don't get that reference, and I'm sorry. Exactly. But 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 I'm sorry. You should, you should, if you can watch Letter Kenny, it's, it's pretty damn funny. Um, Yeah. It's really, really funny. (laughs) It's really incredible. It's that whole show is just like this exercise in writing. It like really the, is. This the way that they write dialogue is fucking hilarious. It, like they don't block really a whole good. lot of scenes, and when, like especially one of the characters, when they move, they just get up, move, and like super directly, just do exactly <laughs> the thing. Yeah. Uh, but uh, most of the time, they're just sitting down talking, uh-huh. or they're standing there talking. It's just a dialogue yep. heavy show. Heavy show. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. similar to Trek in that. Um, mm. in, in one sense, because Trek is just a whole lot of dialogue with a lot of techno babble. True, and that's tough. That's why they need a lot of Shakespeare trained actors and stuff, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. the blocking is sort of minimal, uh, mm-hmm. but the the dialogue is just a just a wall of text. Yeah, yeah. So I I, I think that there's a there's a lot of crossover. There's I think that a lot of Trek fans would also like Letterkenny for that reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So anyway, off of Letterkenny. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, off of Letterkenny. Yep. Yeah. So next trying to, to bump him. up our Canadian numbers. Like <laughs> Canada is getting destroyed by like Australia, France, and the UK in terms of oh, our wow. listenership. Okay. So come on, Canada. Come we on, we Canada. love you. This is how we watch your TV shows. You're the Absolutely. best. Absolutely. We love you so much. Shatner. Please love us back. Shatner was Canadian. Yeah. yeah. We love we love Canada. Oh God, I haven't seen that new Picard yet. It's fucking. No, I haven't me. either. I've already um, seen a couple of spoilers. I'm just like, y'all can't wait like a day. Like they really, like, nope, people really nope. can't wait like a day. No, they have to make memes. They have to make memes. <sighs> fucking drives me nuts. <laughs> Fuck. So just, just fucking wait like 24 hours before <laughs> I know that so and so shows up this episode or blah 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 <laughs> happens. I'm like, oh great. Um, anyway, I'm the, uh, it, it, right when we finish this, I'm going to watch the new Picard because like, good. I swear to God, if I if I even look at my phone, I'll see another spoiler. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <sighs> yep. Dickens. So just see how he thinks of her or she thinks of him. Whatever. Ugh. Um, <laughs> God, Jesus. Say the thing I said, but less yeah. funny and worse. <laughs> Yes, oh, and... Oh, cut that. Cut <laughs> oh, that. Oh, I know. <laughs> God I know. damn. Um, <laughs> oh, it's, it's yes and, not uh, yes that. Yes that, kind of that. Go, going forward. Do it again. Do it let's again. Do, let's, let's keep that in mind. Yes and, not yes that. Um, so, 